All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Box Kickers Talking Sports Podcast. I'm Chris, that's Daniel. Yo. And we're here to talk about everything sports, plus mix in a little bit of pop culture. This week, we are finally joined by our good friend, Peter Mack. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be aboard. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we dive into the sports world, let's go ahead and just catch up. We haven't seen each other for a while, so um, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. How about you? Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now we uh, um, it's been uh, kind of a busy weekend. I mean, I had a my wife brought home a new cat, so we're we're working on that whole situation. And then uh, we had a birthday party for my oldest. So yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. How'd that go? How about you guys? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, she's 22, so it's not like it's like a child's birthday party, but um, yeah. she came over with her spouse, and we visited for a little bit. They went home, and uh, the wife and I finally got a chance to take a nap. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. Well, happy birthday to her. Yes. Yep. Happy birthday, Macy. All right. Um, how about you, Daniel? What did you do this weekend? Uh, Let's see. I saw Knives Out yesterday. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Oh, great movie. Great, movie. great great movie i was kind of surprised though i mean have you seen it peter mac not yet but i was uh, told my wife about it and she said that's the preview i've been telling you about so now i need to check it out <laughs> <laughs> i i actually wanted to watch it in theaters but it's uh it's free on amazon prime so i checked it out yesterday it's about two and a half hours but uh yeah it's a good movie i, I was just kind of surprised on how i don't want to su- talk spoilers but how early on in the movie what happens you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah I, I wanted it to be like towards the end but i mean that didn't happen but overall it was a good movie uh good cast yeah, um they, they did save a little bit of a twist for the end though yeah they did uh i enjoyed it i mean i'm intrigued i might twist. have to check it out this uh coming weekend oh yeah check it yeah. out for sure yeah, and then uh, Captain America. Captain, oh, Chris Evans? Chris oh, yeah. Evans, yeah. 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 I, I love how he plays those little weird characters. Yeah, dude. Besides the Avengers, the last Chris Evans movie I saw was probably like, uh, not another, is it not another teen movie? Was I've it? never watched any of those. I have no idea. No, I think sure. he had put like the whipped cream on like his body and parts and stuff like that. Uh, was that him? Uh, that was him. That was a young Chris Evans. Wow. Yeah, he put like little cherries on there. I was like, oh boy. I, I just remember him back from the Fantastic Four days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not so First good. one was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also finished Shit's Creek. I don't know if you've heard of that, but. Yeah, I haven't. I have, uh, people keep telling me to watch that. I just haven't got into it. I finished that finally. So uh, I'm on to my next show. So I'm trying to find another show to watch my wife. But I mean, any suggestions well, would help? Have you watched Upload on Amazon Prime? No. Is that a good one? Upload? No. Yeah. Yeah. Check out. Yeah. Check out. Upload. It's it's kind of set in a future where when you pass away, you can have your conscious uh, consciousness uploaded into kind of like a heaven, but you got to pay for upgrades and stuff. So it's 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 like a romantic romantic comedy, but it's it's pretty good. Wow. It's it's only like ten episodes, thirty minutes at a time. It's easy to get through pretty quickly. Is it like sci-fi? It's it's. The only the only real sci-fi is the uh, the tech that they use for this whole heaven, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just really it's just a comedy. It's pretty good. Nice, sweet. 
How about you, uh, Peter? Do you have a suggestion for him? Uh, yeah. You know, what I've been doing at work to catch up or kind of make the time go is I've been rewatching Scrubs uh, from the beginning because they just came out with their own podcast. So that's kind of stoked my fire and wanting to rewatch it again because you watch it once sometimes and you don't remember everything, but you kind of go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So that's something you can get through. You got eight seasons, well, nine actually. So if you want a quick 30-minute episode. Yeah, I think I watched the first season. Yeah, I don't think I ever finished it. I know I watched it early on. And then just for whatever reason, I just never finished like the last two or three seasons. But it's a good show. It's pretty good comedy. Yeah, rewatching. Yeah, I was also like, looking around for um, the league. Yeah. I tried to find the league. I think it's only on Hulu. So I was asking around who has a Hulu account because I think I finished about three seasons of it, and I want to finish that. So yeah, let's get another good one. I watch. I got Hulu. <laughs> All right, Peter, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, honestly, I uh, I picked up uh, writing bikes again like bicycle mountain bike so i went out to the Velaway actually this morning and uh i'm out of shape <laughs> that's what i first learned <laughs> uh, but it was fun hey, I'm with you on that one, man. but yeah you know i'm out there thinking i'm doing good and then you see the real bikers on their mountain bikes or their like tour de france bikes with their yellow lance armstrong jerseys zipping past me and i'm like oh i'm not as good as i thought i was but it's, I'm just, you know, I'm just starting out. I got the bike for free, honestly. It was, um, again, my new job. Whoever worked there previously left the bike there and they're like, you can take it if you want it. Okay. All I had to do was um, hmm. change out the tube. I did a YouTube video search on that. And the next thing you know, I was riding around in my neighborhood first. And now I trekked out this weekend a little further, put it in my car and went out to the Velloway. So that was kind of fun. Sweet. Nice. But I'm going to be feeling it tomorrow, I know, in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just uh, like when I go, I went out there and mowed it this morning. Man, it was, man, I need to get outside more. <laughs> 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 so, all right, guys. Uh, it was good to catch up. Um, let's go ahead and dive into some of these sports stories. Um, Different than our first three episodes, we don't have a main topic because the the sports world really didn't give us anything major to talk it, talk about. There's a bunch of small little topics, so um, we'll start off with the NFL. Um, Dalvin Cook is basically holding out at this point. Uh, he wants Christian McCaffrey money. Uh, do you think he's worth it, Daniel? No, I don't. I'm, I, Why? I, uh, have you seen him in the past three seasons? I know he got hurt. That one game against uh, Green Bay two years ago. I think it was Green Bay on a Thursday, if I recall. Maybe it wasn't a Thursday, but in 2017, he came into the league. He had two touchdowns, 354 yards. 2018, he had 615 yards, two touchdowns, and I think that's when he got hurt at Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And then last year, he had a phenomenal year, 1,000 yards, um, 13 touchdowns. I just don't see – I see him as a great running back, but I don't think he should get McCaffrey money. Um, that's a, Is he asking for, what, 16 mil, 18? I think something like that, yeah. That's way too too up there, man. I, I, I don't agree with that. Well, no, I mean, I, the reason why I think he is worth it is because, yes, he has a different skill set than Christian McCaffrey, 
but his skill set is what the Vikings need. I mean, they need a guy to, to pound the rock all game long. And if it wasn't for those uh, couple games at the end of last year where he got hurt, he would have easily had 1,500 yards last year. Um, yeah. He, uh, I know there's an injury concern with him. I get that. I mean, all running backs have that concern. But uh, Dalvin Cook is the type of running back that can help the team even by getting paid with that kind of money. And plus, with how young he is, It'll be his one contract that he's going to really get paid. I, I don't blame him for trying to get that McCaffrey money. I can see what you're saying about him going for it while he can to get the money. Unfortunately, with his um, injury concerns, it'd be a bummer to say you finally decide to give him something close to McCaffrey money even. And God forbid he goes down with some type of injury preseason, first game of the year type of thing, and then you're just kind of left holding the boat on him and hoping the backup is ready to go. So if he's asking McCaffrey money, which looks like it's about 16 mil per year, what I'm reading, I, I just don't see them making that. Maybe somewhere in the middle, but 16 mil. I don't know. He hasn't shown it to me, but again, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of, again, I look at things. I hate to say it's still in a fantasy football perspective. I need to look at things more of like, well, that's my team. So, <laughs> but from, from what I've seen and what he's produced, I, I, I couldn't do that. And, and that might be me looking at it through fantasy football eyes because I had him almost all last season. I currently have a potential trade for him this year in our keeper <laughs> league. That's why I want him to get paid. So he'll go out there and play. But, um, I, I just feel that because outside of McCaffrey and, and Carolina, they're not a past happy offense with Kirk Cousins out there. Uh, and so you need that guy who's going to run the ball. If they sign him to 16 mil per for three or four seasons, I don't think it's going to set him back a, a whole lot because they have Mattinson behind him who did well last year when he got hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think uh, as long as as long as they don't they spell him a little bit with Mattinson, he won't get hurt like he had the last few years. But um, his skill set, really, in my opinion, is is top three. It's, it's I have uh, McCaffrey and Kamara, and I have Cook and Zeke tied as top oh, four uh, in the NFL. So, um, dude, what about King Henry, man? Uh, you show no love to the Titans, <laughs> do you? Who? <laughs> Who? Derrick Henry? Well, that, I, that, that fluke? No, I kick myself when I don't draft him. Yeah, thanks, he's Peter. Not, he's not doing it this year. He's not going to do that again this year. Oh, we'll have to watch. If there is a season. Because <laughs> you have you have Tannehill, who's not in a contract year, so mm-hmm. he's going to be throwing interceptions all season long, so they're not going to have the chance to run the ball like, that did, like they did last time. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> Anyways. That I, former wide receiver, Tannehill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would probably put uh, uh, Derrick Henry as the 16th best running back. Yikes. You are delusional. <laughs> well, going, going back to the Vikings, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have them making the playoffs anyway. So I, I really don't think. I mean, I don't think he's worth the money, in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean that's that's the risk NFL teams are, are making right now because. These running backs want to get paid. I don't blame them because they have the shortest shelf life of any position on, on the football field. Yeah. And basically their value is used up in their rookie deal. 
you may get one good year after the rookie year is over, and then they fall off a cliff because of how much they, they get injured. Uh, I mean, true. if I'm a running back, I would be petitioning for the uh, the uh, uh, for the uh, NFLPA to go out there and try to change those rookie deals because it does not favor running backs at all. I agree. Plus, with 17 games, you know, that's going to yeah. add more stress to a running back trying to get yeah. their money as soon as they can. Because, like you said, with that second contract, it's kind of, all right, I got that second contract. Let's put yeah. it in cruise control. True, true. And I think the, the Vikings had offered, I think they offered him like Melvin Gordon money, which is like $8 million per year. So <clears throat> I'm sure he was very upset about that because, I, oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he wants Christian McCaffrey money, but we'll see. Okay. If that's what they offered him, then it explains why uh, what I've been reading, it says he's felt disrespected by the Vikings offer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All running backs are at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and then, honestly, though, I mean, it, it sets a precedent. If, if they're not going to be paying these running backs, these great athletes who are going out there as running backs, they're going to be looking to change positions or change sports. And so the NFL is going to basically force themselves into be a pass pass only league if they keep disrespecting running backs. Yeah, pretty much like a seven on seven league. So, but just turn it to arena football. <laughs> <laughs> is that still around, or didn't they get rid of that? Oh no, they they folded. The one yeah, team yeah, that like won mostly was probably like what, like San Jose SaberCats or something like that. But the Arizona Rattlers had a good dynasty there Arizona for a while. Arizona Rattlers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia, but, uh, Seoul. Seoul, yeah. yeah. Well, so it, so I I had I saw a commercial for it. Uh, I was going to say three years ago. So I went and Googled it to say, hey, what's the AFL up to right now? They were down to four teams. Yeah. And nice. they they all made the playoffs. And their <laughs> their champion that they had, I want to say three years ago, had like it was like eight and 20 going into the playoffs. <laughs> wow. I'm like, yeah, no, this, this league is do- done for. It's done. Rest in peace. So, Keep it down. Yeah. I went to a game when they were here in Austin for a little bit. I don't even remember the think Austin bats or something like that. Austin yeah. Wranglers. Yeah, oh, maybe that's what it was. It was at the Irwin center. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I went to one, one in Indy, whenever they had the Indy firebirds, they had them for one season. <laughs> It's actually pretty yeah. fun. I mean, it's, it's a great mm-hmm. concept. It's fun to watch on TV, fun to watch in person. It's just you can't get any names to go there. And then once they lost the ESPN contract, no one watched uh, CBS Sports Network. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're seeing right now with NHL. I mean, ESPN doesn't cover hockey barely anymore because that's the one major pro sport that doesn't have a contract with ESPN. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they used to, uh, hockey was clearly top four. But some at some point top three, because they always had those the weekly games on ESPN and they talked about them all the time on Sports Center. But when they left to go to NBC, it's like you never hear them talk about it anymore. They had like one analyst left on Sports Center come on there, uh, Barry Mel- Melrose come out there to talk about uh, hockey. Is he going still the playoffs? I don't. I mean, he may have been one of those layoffs that they had, but I'm oh, not sure if they have any hockey. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he the coach of yeah. the uh, LA Kings? He, he coached several so. teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just you're right. I remember that name. Yeah. NHL coaches is a, is the biggest joke in sports because they turn them over so much. 
and they don't really affect the outcome of the game. It's all, it's always the players that affect the outcome in that sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but but the the coach is always the first ones to get fired. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, go ahead and transition into a uh, a team that's close to our hearts, the University of Texas Longhorns. I know um, Peter is he lives and breathes the burn orange. That I do. But um, they yeah they're in the news recently, not for a good thing. Um, they've had several players uh, return to the campus, and they're testing positive for, for COVID nineteen. Um, with what we talked about last week with what's happening in Houston and all these other schools, does that worry you guys for college football this, this year, Peter? I'm going to say it does because if these kids are testing positive, even if, um, if they're the, not the, what's the word I'm looking for? The carrier, like may the, they're asymptomatic, not knowing they have it and then coming to campus and then spreading it or not knowing they're spreading it. That right there already puts up the red flags. Like, okay, you can have so many testing protocols in place. You can have, you know, oh, UT's got this, that, and the other to the moon. But when it comes down to it, I just don't see how they're going to put themselves at risk and go play games and then actually fill the stands. That's another thing. So the way I'm looking at it, I, yeah. I just don't see how they're going to really get a season going. Yeah. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's with the number of cases spiking right now, um, we know here in Texas, uh, specifically in central Texas, they've been rising up. I just, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there's not going to be a college football season, but it's going to be very difficult to get these kids back and, uh, get them on the field again, because I mean, you know, these kids, college kids or kids just go out, you know, and, and go to the lakes and whatnot, have a good time. And, they just, you got to be protective of, of your health. You know, you can't, you just got to, if they say quarantine, you got quarantine. And it, like Peter said, filling up the stands, um, it's going to be tough, a tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the most concerning thing to me is these kids are returning to campus. And if, unless they're put in a bubble, they're, they're just going to be spreading it because they got to go to class. They got to go to their dorms. Um, it's, I'm not sure there's going to be a season just because the grownups are going to have to make the decision of, of uh, are they willing to risk the lives of these kids? Because as we all know, I mean, uh, since uh, we've talked about before, we work in healthcare, there's that new uh, inflammatory sy- uh, syndrome that's coming along with in children and young adults mm-hmm. that have COVID-19. And that's, that's not, that's nothing that you want to just laugh at. That's an ugly thing. It puts people in the ICU and with them being younger, yes, they may not get the strong symptoms of COVID-19, but they may get this inflammatory thing, which could be worse in their sense. So there's going to be so many teams that are going to lose so many players for two to three weeks at a time. And who, what's going to happen if half the team gets sick at one time? Uh, I, with the number of cases spiking right now, and it's really what we're seeing right now on, as we're recording this on June 14th, this is everything from right before Memorial Day weekend. I'm afraid to see what it's going to look like by July 4th. And so not only am I worried about college football, that makes me worried about the NFL, that makes me worried about uh, the NBA coming back, MLB, because right now with the numbers spiking all over the country, 
we may get back into another lockdown situation like we had the last few months. And so I think so. Uh, I, 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 I am selfish by saying I want sports. Um, it's hard to do this show without sports, but I don't want to risk the lives of the players going out there or their loved ones. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's one thing to say that these, the, these college kids are going out there. They may get sick. They may be fine. But remember that some of these have young children at home. They have yeah. spouses. They may have parents who have uh, immunocompromised systems. So we're asking a lot of these teenagers, really, whenever as society we look down on them anyway for making ter- terrible decisions. So we're not helping them right now. Um, but, yeah, the more kids that are coming back to campus sick, the less likely I think we're going to have an NFL, uh, NCAA season this year. Um, NFL, I think, could get by by doing a bubble idea like the NBA has. But if we keep seeing a spike right now and say it delays NBA and these other sports because of the spike, we're not seeing them start up in December. I mean, we, we may go another year before we see sports again, if that's the case. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I know the governor, um, Abbott, he said, don't expect to see stadium capacity exceed 50%. And I mean, obviously, sports – Without the fans, it's pretty much empty, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you got to have those fans. You got to have the cheer of the crowd and the bands playing for college football. Like, it just won't be the same to me this year. I, I just – I don't know. They can crown a champion all they want, but, I mean, without the fans, it's just uh, – it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, as yeah. you're noticing from watching um, the UFC and things like that, you'll see how the – no no crowd kind of makes a really difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we may be seeing more esports take a take effect. Like I've been watching a little bit of the NBA 2K League. Yeah, it's, they uh, they broadcast that on ESPN, don't they? Yeah, I mean that they the ESPN so desperate for sports that they have to at this point. <laughs> yeah, I've stopped on that but occasionally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So let's go ahead and move into some NBA news. We have several several small topics to talk about with the NBA. I'll start with. LaMarcus Aldridge um, had shoulder surgery recently, and he's basically out for the rest of the season. Um, that's going to affect him, obviously, when it comes to the the little bubble games that they're going to have in Orlando because they're already on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Losing one of their better players is not going to help them with that. But I I, I feel his uh, he decided to have the surgery – because they were already on the outside looking in, and he knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs, and he wanted to get back as soon as possible for next year's. But what do you guys think about more players who don't really like the idea of playing right now, quarantining themselves in Orlando, possibly up to three or four months, electing to have surgery on some of these little nagging injuries instead of waiting until the offseason? Do you think we might see some more of that, Daniel? Yes, because – so you want these players – that have um, injuries, they want to get the surgery done. So, I mean, depending on how far their team goes, like they can make a deep playoff run, you'd wait till October-ish, and then the season starts. Well, potentially the NBA season will start December 1st or December 25th. Uh, it, might not, it might not give them enough time to, to recover. And going back to LaMarcus Aldridge, I, I would say just sit out. I mean, San Antonio stinks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run. If they get the eighth seed, um, they'll probably get smoked by uh, the Lakers, I would say. So just sit out. Um, 
get your surgery done, recover, wait till next season. You have extra months and then go from there. See if they can get help in the off season and just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Peter Mac? Yeah, from what you were saying, Daniel and Chris, uh, he, from what I'm reading also, he got injured in February and he waited two months to have the procedure done. So that right there alone tells you he's, he realized, okay, if there is a season to happen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in playing, or if we're on the outside looking in, what's the point? So I, I see it from the perspective. So if he's doing it, he might be setting a precedent for other players that have those, like you said, nagging injuries to kind of, you know what, nah, I can wait till we see what clears up with the COVID situation. Let me get this knee, foot, ankle taken care of. So yeah. That could be something uh, some of the other players might try and do or can do. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think that we might see more NBA players retire a little earlier instead of having to fight with quarantining and short seasons? Like next season, season will probably have a lot of back to backs. Do you think you could see like a Lamarcus Aldridge say, you know what? Okay, I got my money. I'm on a team that's not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm just going to go ahead and call it a career. I would say, uh, yeah, uh, he's been in the league since, what, 2006 uh, when he got drafted, I believe. Yeah. He's 34. Um, he's getting up there in age. I would say uh, maybe another year or two, I would say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, with injuries and we don't know how long this COVID situation is going to last. Um, yeah, I would say just, you know, you could it's the possibility of considering retirement would be uh, would be high. Yeah. So uh, along that vein, um, a lot of these NBA players are they're starting to talk uh, request with the leadership of the uh, NBA about what if they don't want to play? What if they're concerned? Whether like if they have a a baby that's due in two months and they don't want to go to Orlando and be in a bubble? Uh, if they're concerned about themselves or a family member? that they're asking if they can sit out the rest of the season unpaid without being punished. Um, that would also maybe make the decision a little easier for some of these players waiting to have surgery or not to have the surgery instead of having, if they may get punished. Do you like the idea of the NBA giving these guys the opportunity to sit out? I do. Yes. Um, if, I mean, if, if it's, if you're going to have a baby with your spouse, wife and whatnot, just you got to think about the health issues here. Like you, you don't want to bring that stuff to your newborn child um, for a potential risk. I, I like the NBA's thought process in this. Um, it's similar to Mike Trout. You know, he's having a uh, baby here in a couple of months, I believe. And you just, you got to sit out a couple of weeks or a month or so, but it's, it's the risk, the high risk of this COVID. Yeah. What do you think, Peter? Well, like you're saying, on um, you know, these are young players. They're gonna have to totally agree to not leaving that bubble of whatever bubble the NBA decides to set forth for the, the I think was it twenty two teams that they were gonna yeah. bring out there. So and like you were saying, Daniel, also uh, with the babies, you know, their living situation at home. And, you know, I mm-hmm. was reading something about a coach in a German soccer league, he broke, I think he broke curfew or the quarantine to go run and get toothpaste because they didn't have it at his uh, 
his hotel. <laughs> and so just like that, because he broke curfew, I'm looking at the article right now, but it reminded me of like, okay, you got to get all these guys in a bubble, but it just takes one. It doesn't even have to be a player. It could be an assistant yeah. or the ball guy running to get something for a player who needed it. And next thing you know, oh, we got to quarantine this whole team. There goes the whole season. All right, I mean, it just seems like one small mistake could totally ruin it, but they all have to be on board. Yeah. And then at the same time, there, there's a lot of players who want to sit out because of social issues. I mean, we know what's going on in our country right now. Some players mm-hmm. feel that playing will diminish the the focus that's, that's been put on this, uh, on the issue of social justice. But at the same time, you have a lot of players who feel that they can do more while playing because they'll have the attention drawn on them. Because, I mean, the, the ratings are going to go crazy when the NBA comes back. And so yeah. you can easily sit there play your game, do your interview, say your little piece and get your message out there. Um, but there, I know there's like, what surprised me was some of the players who were saying that they were, they were not wanting to play for this reason. Like a Dwight Howard, you were on one of the three teams that are probably going to win the championship, but he, he feels so strongly about this, that he's, he doesn't want to play. Um, that tells you that it's not just about being on the outside, looking in or on a bad team. Even the, the team players on good teams are looking at, not playing because of whether it's COVID-19 or social justice reform. So, um, yeah. I mean, so how big of an influence is LeBron James to this league? Because I'm going to read a tweet by Patrick Beverly and he said, Hooper say what y'all want. If King James says we hooping, we all hooping, (laughs) not personal, only business. So what do you think about that? Well, I, I know um, they had that call a few days ago with the players talking about not wanting to play. It was really led by Kyrie Irving, which I don't get because he's out anyway. I mean, why are you letting a guy dictate who's not going to be playing? Um, Donovan Mitchell uh, with the Jazz and Carmelo Anthony with the Blazers were also along that same sentiment. They're in the playoff. They're actually playing. So, um, I, I the thing that bothered me about it was you're letting players who aren't going to play anyway, try and tell the other players what to do. But Patrick Beverly is correct. If LeBron's going to play, they're going to play. Uh, he was not a part of that call. He, he did not partake in that. He knows that they can do more on TV. Malcolm Brogdon has spoke about that yesterday on some, a couple podcasts I listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the leaders of the NBA PA. And so, they they feel that being on TV, being on Sports Center, giving these interviews is going to do more for getting their cause out there than what's going on right now. Because as you guys have noticed, yes, people are still marching and protesting, but the the cameras aren't there anymore. Well, the cameras are going to be in Orlando for those games, so it makes sense. That's why they feel that they need to be down there playing, whereas the other players have a different thought on there. Yeah, and I, I think I read that they're going to be testing um, the players before they're going to uh, uh, Orlando every other day. I think that's what I read. Yes, yeah, they're going to start testing every other day. Then I think they're going to do daily tests once they get into Orlando. Um, I mean, I read they, they're, they're not going to have when – they, when they have housekeeping tests of rooms, they're not going to be uh, in the same room as the players. They, they're not allowed to be. So they have a lot of the rules in place. I understand the players' concern when it comes to COVID-19 or for – social justice, but I think there's going to be enough names, big names who are playing that that's going to drive the force. So if Harden, LeBron, Giannis, 
if they all say we're going out there and we're going to play, a lot of the players are going to go out there and play with them because they want to be out there. Whereas the teams who are saying that, whoa, 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 we shouldn't be playing right now, only one of them is truly in a playoff position, whereas the other ones are outside looking in. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, now I know there's several young players who are currently looking for a new deal in the NBA who are also concerned about going to Orlando because of injury or COVID-19 leading to lung issues or whatnot. So um, they're trying to get some kind of insurance program for uh, from the NBA for the players who are due a contract extension. Mainly we're talking about the, the guys who are on their rookie deals going on to becoming their first full-fledged NBA contract. So um, I like the idea of players having an insurance policy because if something happens when they're in Orlando – and they could they could potentially lose out on tens of millions of dollars. So um, I think it's smart that they should do that because they're they're asking the players to come here and play these games whenever not every single player in the league is coming back to play. So um, what do you guys think about the potential insurance program? Uh, I think it's <clears throat> I think it'd be a good idea. I think the NBA is doing um, a good job, and I think if they put this into effect, it, it make a lot of credit goes to the NBA for doing it because it's kind of similar to a college football senior getting hurt before the draft. Um, if you have an NBA player, like a young NBA player go to Orlando for the playoffs and, and catches COVID, uh, how, yeah, like you said, how would that affect his contract negotiations? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think, Peter? Yeah. Or another thing, uh, to to offer of that point, you would hope the players are staying in shape, you know, in the off season and with the extended off season, even though it really is the season, so that when they get to to Orlando, you know, first practice out, oh, tore an Achilles or twisted your knee wrong, you were hoping you had that insurance. So I can see why the young players would want to actually rally together, you know get some type of insurance that would at least qualify them, you know, so they can take care of their families because in reality they're coming out there to play basketball just to entertain the masses. But right now we sure could use something like that to get our mind off of everything else. So I can definitely see where the younger players wanting to get some type of insurance would be helpful. Yeah. So we'll see. I I know Adam Silver is good about listening to players. I know a lot of them have these concerns that they're going to address. Um, a lot of these teams are going to start reporting for training camps here in a few weeks, and then uh, before that, they're going or after that, they're going to fly down to Orlando. So we'll we'll kind of see what happens between now and then. Uh, I know it's still a fluid situation about the rules and who who can play, who can choose not to play, and stuff like that. So uh, NBA is really in the forefront of looking after their players' interests, whether it be. Like, example, social justice, they made Donald uh, uh, Sterling or whatever his name is out there in the Clippers sell his team uh, because he insulted uh, the basically the black players on the, on the roster. So um, mm-hmm. Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. Um, he he has a good job. He does a good job of managing the owner's expectations and also the players uh, beliefs. So I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They'll, they'll, they'll get everything that's going to uh everything shaped out. I just hope the the likes of the Kyrie's who isn't going to play anyway, doesn't talk other players out 
who we're going who we're gonna play in the first place. So, yeah, and, and I, I would say mm-hmm. kudos to Adam Silver because he's probably the best commissioner out of the the four core main sports. Um, he's doing a tremendous job, I think, with the NBA. Um, now you watch the NBA draft, correct? Yeah. So when he comes out, do they boo him? Nope. No? Okay, because no. that's probably the only commissioner that I see that they don't boo. Besides yeah, Rob Manfred, because they have it in um, MLB Studios, I believe. So, of course, no, like, no, 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 no one ever watches the the MLB draft. It's, it's, these are players you're not going to watch for five or six years anyway, so no one really tunes in. Yeah, unless you're like, I mean, obviously, if you're like a big-time scout or you really, really, really follow uh, college baseball. Yeah. But, yeah, you're not going to hear about these guys for another four or five years. So, so speaking of the worst commissioner in sports, Rob Manfred, uh, Daniel, can you give us an update on what's going on right now in the baseball world? Uh, it's still a tug of war fight, but um, I know the MLBPA just rejected um, another offer yesterday, I believe, on Saturday. Um, that's it. I think uh, Rob Manfred is going to come out with um, a proposal. Not even a proposal. He's just going to say, hey, we're going to play roughly – 50 to 60 games in my I believe maybe 60 games uh no extended playoffs um I think that's the route they're gonna go but the thing is they wanted these games to be played in uh Arizona Texas and Florida but with the cases spiking at the moment I don't see how this can't be a setback with what they want to do with the plan um for me, baseball is my number one, but for potential risk from the COVID and the health situations, just cancel it till next February, March, um, till the next spring training. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like 48 games, come on, man. Like uh, it's just not enough. It really isn't. And I think like it's, it's too many games, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the teams that benefit the most. If, I mean, everybody benefits this because say like the Royals or the Padres or the Pirates, it's, it's balls out, man. Like there's no, uh, innings limit. You could throw your arm off if you want. Like it's, if it's 48 games, you're not going to get tired before postseason comes. So you could throw anybody out there and, and, and win ball games. So, I mean, I think it benefits everybody, but, uh, you can get hot at the right moment. Say if you're like the Texas Rangers and you have the last, 20 games of the season and you win about 15 of those going into the playoffs. Um, and it could just benefit anybody at this point. Yeah. What do you think, Peter? Oh, y'all are talking baseball. Sorry. Wake me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't, uh, really been following the baseball talk. I just know, uh, you know, 48 games. That's not, that's like what for them, it was 190, 162 game season. Why bother? Yeah, you know, exactly. wait till, wait till yeah. the next season. Exactly, and then you have like the poster boy, Mike Trout, and and you know, other players. Just like I said earlier, having a kid, and then you know, they could put us a, a hold mm-hmm. to their season to go be with their family, and it's just, it's a rough situation right now, and it, and it's ruining the game. I know Manfred wants the game to grow, but I think you know, at this point right now with the cheating scandals and and this going on right now it's it's shrinking the game and it's, it's going to be hard to pick up um uh, a different kind of fan base and, and get people to watch baseball 
it's it's ruining the game and it's it's frustrating but you know it is what it is yeah, yeah speaking of the the cheating so i need to go again my little soapbox here for a second so <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> the reports came out that the uh, the Yankees are are going to be in some hot water now that apparently the league knew about some cheating that they covered up or something along the lines. So, okay, so the Astros, the Red Sox, and Yankees are now lumped into officially the cheating. We know they cheated. It's obvious they cheated. They're being punished for it. Yankees' punishment will be coming soon. They cannot, as constructed, win another championship without suspicion on any kind of cheating. They are the New England Patriots in baseball. So let's say the Astros go out there and they win the World Series. I'm going to tell you right now that they cheated. They could sit there and have a camera on every single player 24-7 showing that they're not in the dugout hitting trash cans or whatever. They could strip down on camera after every game, showing there's no buzzers. But I'm still going to think they have a butt plug that, that vibrates in if that's the case. <laughs> they, they cannot, as constructed, win another championship. And that's three of the biggest teams in the sports. They are The MLB is turning into to cycling. The Tour de France... How many times, how many champions have they uh, had to nullify because of cheating to a point where Americans don't watch that event anymore because A, no American's good enough to win it, and B, if they are, they're cheating. Every single cyclist is cheating. Every single baseball team at this point is cheating at some point. They are killing the sport. NHL has a good chance of passing them. MLS has a good chance of passing them at this point. Uh, and while they're while we're sitting there watching all these teams get busted for cheating, they're fighting over money right now. Yeah, the owners are being idiots, fighting with trying to get the players to take too big of a pay cut. So all around, between now and whenever baseball does come back, they're gonna lose a huge following. And I, I just, it's gonna take a long time for baseball to rebound from this. It, I, I'm thinking back to the strike shortened season they had back in the '90s, and it took the took the long ball. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, which cheated to bring the sport back. So, so that's my my that's, that's my little soapbox. M- MLB is dying and they're killing themselves. Yeah, it's it's a shame, man. Like as growing up playing baseball and watching a lot of games, it's <clears throat> it, like I said, it's it's shrinking the game. It's a disgrace. I mean, you have teams cheating out from. I mean, I know I, I believe a lot of teams are doing it, but right now it's coming out as. A few teams, you know, I've heard the uh, Royals, the Rangers, the Phillies, now the Yankees, Astros, Cheetah, the Red Sox. It's just a disgrace to the game. I mean, you have different ways to actually try and cheat. I mean, you can have, I mean, the dugout phones or Apple Gate is what the Red Sox were uh, mm-hmm. accusing the, you know, the Yankees were doing and whatnot. Um, you can have people out in the scoreboard area with binoculars relaying to coaches and. It's it's a disgrace. I mean, I hate to say it, but if you want to get fans to start watching baseball, it's you got to do a better job. And I know a lot of people are calling for Rob Manfred's head. You know, you, you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta do something, or you know, get relieved of your duties and have somebody else come in and, and take care of this this issue. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you had the strike shortened season, you had the steroid and HGH era, you have now the the spying with cameras. It's just baseball can't get out of their own way, and it's it's already hard really to watch on TV anyway with how long the games take. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're just hurting themselves. I mean, I mean they to throw out the Mike Trout, throw out these these great players, Mookie Betts, Slim, let them show off on the field let them have personality instead of sticking to these rules from 100 years ago where you can't run too fast around the bases you can't run too slow around the bases <laughs> just oh i'm a, I'm a being a guy in the back because he showed me up on a home run we need more of that in baseball yeah it's actually pretty fun. <laughs> ha- having having personality out there having them taunting the pitcher in that batter's box without fear of being hit in the head with a baseball that's what baseball needs but they're stuck in the the 1920s, and they're a bunch of cheaters. And so, until they get, until they figure it out, yeah, until they figure everything out that they need to modernize the sport, they're they're going to be hurting for the next several years. Yeah, I mean, the players are taking jabs at each other on Twitter. I mean, Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers are taking jabs at the Yankees. It's it's kind of like it's not even the Yankees versus Red Sox anymore. No it's the Yankees versus Astros. Uh, on Twitter, and I think it's going to be a bigger rivalry whenever Houston goes to New York and New York comes to Houston. It's just it's growing, which is good. I, I love the jabs. I like the crap talking to each other. Uh, that's what makes baseball good. And then, I mean, I just think it's it's ruining the game. Yes, and I expect Rob Manfred to come out with what's going to happen with baseball in 2020. We already know he said 100% baseball is going to be played. Uh, out as late or er, as early as tomorrow. So by the time we get back on the, you know, the podcast next week, we'll figure out all the details and talk about that. But I expect a decision, you know, this week. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we have one final topic that we haven't really touched yet on this show, um, for any of our episodes so far. And we were really saving it for having our resident expert, Peter Mack on board with us. And so, this is a polarizing topic. Some people are going to probably turn us off right now. Some people may join us and just scoot to this part right now. But the world of professional wrestling. So you have the WWE, AEW, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor. Peter Mack watches it all. I think you, you still watch Impact? Uh, it comes on Tuesdays on, on some obscure channel. I, I'll record <laughs> it and give it a fast forward watch. Just real quickly, just to see who like the champion is and what like the storyline is. But yeah, yeah I do watch. So, it. <laughs> so uh, in your opinion, who is handling this pandemic well when it comes to professional wrestling, and who just needs to fold up until this is all over? Okay, I've been keeping up with it since you know the pandemic broke loose, and it started out pretty rough for both of them, AEW. You know, the main two players, AEW, WWE. And then as it's kind of gone through, I've honestly enjoyed watching the AEW, you know, and I'm not trying to be a homer because I've kind of enjoyed their inception from where they started to where they are now. But they kind of integrated the their own staff or I guess their wrestlers as the crowd, which gave it that feel of like, okay, I can, you know, it's always nice to see people in the crowd and their reactions to it. And now they are other wrestlers, mind you. So they kind of know what's going on, but 
they could always interact. It literally, you throw them into the ring. It's almost like a lumberjack match in a way, but not really. And as you saw, I think towards the last maybe month, I think WWE's kind of, I don't want to say copied it, but they've implemented their own way of doing it. Because I've noticed they have plexiglass, almost like the hockey ring. I think they're yeah, kind yeah, of doing yeah. that so that they're not really spreading the COVID or trying to. So all in all, it's, it's, it's good that they've, you know, now the whole, oh, them being deemed essential. Now that was kind of a joke, but <laughs> otherwise it's been nice to have something to watch, you know, because sometimes it's live, sometimes it's taped. Of course you can go to the spoiler sites and read it, but I try to avoid those cause I like to, you know, enjoy it. Now, if I can't watch it, I will watch it on a fast forward, but AEW hands down, They've been doing really well throughout this pandemic. I can't wait to see crowd reactions to what they've been doing. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that because I, I haven't watched regularly since probably WWE bought WCW. So it's been a long time since I really followed <laughs> the sport every single week. But I know that they're they're trying two new champions right now with Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. It's it's interesting because it's hard for them to really get a feel of they're going to be successful or not because there's no crowd to really watch them. And I know they're exactly. going to try to use the few people out there in the, in the crowd right now to cheer and boo people, hoping that when people actually can come back to the shows that they follow suit. Because when, if we know Vince McMahon, he's going to tell us who we need to cheer for and who we're not, who we're not <laughs> going to cheer for. And we're going to do the opposite anyway. So I, I'm just curious. That's as good to, shit. <laughs> I'm just, I was curious as to what, how it's all going to be handled when they, when the crowd comes back in. Are they going to drop the title immediately if Drew McIntyre is getting booed? I feel, and I feel bad for both him and Braun Strowman because they got their first world championships with no one in the crowd, and so yeah, those, those WrestleMania crowds will, will normally pop for that. And so I feel bad that they they didn't get to experience that for their first world championship. But at the same time, I believe Braun Strowman as a champion. Drew McIntyre, I still remember. I still think of him as being a three MB. Yeah. I mean, three man band. I mean, it's yeah, three MB. they were they turned him into a joke. Heath Slater was a joke. Jinder Mahal was a joke. I'm I'm shocked that two of the three of them have been world champions since then. But um, I, but yeah, like like you're saying, it'd be interesting to see when they finally do allow crowds back in there, and that could be a year from now. Who knows what they how the crowds going to react to what they've been doing for the last year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, Drew McIntyre, they need a new champion. Drew McIntyre is boring. I, I he has a boring gimmick. I saw him at the Royal Rumble win in Minute Maid Park. I was there. Hated it. Um, I just, he's just so boring, man. Like, I, I don't get it. And then tonight, you know, he's fighting uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, I don't know what's going on. The writers, the writing is terrible, honestly. I agree with Peter. Yes. I've been watching AEW. I think it's the better show, uh, better writing, uh, good good gimmicks. Besides a couple, uh, I'm not too fond of uh, Orange Cassidy. I'm not, I'm not big on his gimmick. I don't know what the hell he does. Uh, he just puts his hands in his pockets <laughs> and <Go on>. he, <laughs> he goes around the ring, and I'm just like, what the hell's going on? He's but too uh, cool for it all, dude. He's too cool. Is he freshly squeezed? He's freshly <laughs> squeezed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they have Jericho, man. He is the best, man. He's the best on the mic. He's, yes. Jericho. They have that uh, gimmick with Santana and, and uh, the Spanish guy and, and uh, Jake Hager, which is cool. The stadium Stampede match was great. 
You guys got to watch it. It's on YouTube. I saw that. I saw that. It's great. It is really good. I enjoyed okay. it. Yeah. And I think they kind of, you know, they went off based uh, with the uh, WWE situation at WrestleMania with the the Boneyard match with uh, AJ Styles and Undertaker. It looked all cinematic. And, yeah. The Stadium Stampede, it was just like pure wrestling. Like, it was fun to watch because like, we've never seen anything like that. Um, so I, I enjoy AEW right now more than uh, WWE. Um, every now and then, I'll, I'll read Twitter, look at the, the GIFs or the videos that they do, but it's just – it's boring right now. It's just nothing good is going on. It is. I honestly cannot get into WWE. It's boring. Yeah, and, and then I know I, I just went on a little rant about uh, baseball, but I need to do one more rant. So oh, Daniel's yes. heard this from me multiple times. So the 24-7 title. <laughs> <laughs> that is <Yes>. the biggest <laughs> joke of – when you have a championship based off of a joke – I mean, Rob Stone from from Fox Sports has been twenty four seven champion. Yep, one time champion. They had like thirty eight champions oh. in the first two weeks of that title. I mean, they ruined they ruined a hardcore title by having this rule of it being defended wherever there's referee. But whenever you have Rob Rob Gronkowski lose it and his house with his best friend being a referee, yeah. That title needs to be removed from TV because it is ridiculous. It's never had a good storyline behind it other than R-Truth been like an 87-time champion. It just needs to go away. Yeah, if that I hasn't saw that Ennis Cantor was the champion. Who? <laughs> Who was Ennis it? Ennis Cantor, basketball player. Oh, oh he yeah. did. He Ennis yeah. Cantor. Yeah. 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 You know who also yeah, Googling, was? Yeah, uh, like who's held the belt. Marshmallow has held the belt. Uh, DJ singer Marshmallow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Like every time you text me or message me about, oh, hey, so so and so is now 24 7 7 champion, I always respond back, I hate that title. (laughs) That is, I mean, mean, you've had had the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I think he actually purchased the belt from Alonjo Blaze, who was about to drop it in the trash can. So he bought the belt from her, and he was a champion at one point. So, yeah, yeah I, I know where you're going. Uh, NASCAR driver Kyle Busch was once 24-7 uh, champion. Uh, they're, they're Even their Raw announcer, the guy that, you know, that in the entrances, he says, like, where they're Mike from, Rome. the announcer. Yeah, Mike Rome. He was once the 24-7 champion. So it's a joke. Pat but I think Patterson held funny. the belt guys <laughs> patterson yeah <laughs> what is he like 90 years old and it's been bad because there's no there's no crowd and it's like it's like a comic relief in between segments uh for a live crowd but there's no live crowd and so it's just even worse yeah and so yeah I mean, it was I mean, all the I, jobbers basically chasing people around to, to yeah. entertain the crowd during commercial breaks yeah basically and this I, Vince McMahon always like latches on to what he thinks is funny. I'm sure he thinks this is funny, but it's terrible TV. Yeah, dude, he's just delusional and he's getting old. So, you know, once he passes on or which I, he's probably going to literally die in that gorilla booth chair. It'll I'm probably sure. get turned over to his son-in-law, yeah. Triple H, which we don't know if he's going to do a better idea. I know he's a big NXT guy and he runs NXT. Um, we just have to wait and see, and hopefully he can actually bring back WWE to its glory days. You know, I, I'm not saying it's going to go back to the Attitude Era, but 
give us something to cheer on and, and, and talk about and actually be excited for. I miss the old whodunit days, like somebody runs over Stone Cold Steve Austin at the end of Raw, cue the copyright mm-hmm. 1999, and then yeah. you have to wait till next week to find out who, who did it. Like, I miss those yeah. days. And, and now it ends with like a tag team disqualification. Like it's just I don't get or what's a contract going on. signing or a contract. How many, contract, yeah. how many, how many yeah. times have they done that in this year? Yeah, so, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, and then give us something to watch. Up <laughs> yeah, with what Daniel's saying, I would look forward to hearing um, at the end of usually at the end of Nitro or at the end of Thunder, Shivoni yelling over the top of his lungs, "We gotta go. See you next week." And you're like, "Oh man, you're killing me." <laughs> and it's like this is pre pre internet like dirt sheet days when you're like, I really have to wait a week or I got to call Mean Gene and get the scoop. Yeah. I'm not calling Mean Gene. Kill me. So it's just 1-900-909-9900. Yeah. Rest <laughs> in peace, Mean yeah. Gene. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, um, Daniel I, I, knows the number locally here in Austin. 416-5700, code 6774. You get the scoop on what's going on in wrestling. I, I remember the, the, the one time, the one time I called Mean Gene on the WSW hotline, Again, nine, 900-909-9900. You had um, – it was Bash at the Beach when we had to figure out who the mystery man was in the NWO, and it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and, man. And, and, they, and, they, and they make you charge – they charge you per minute that you're on the line, and that was like the last minute of the 20 minutes of uh, what Mean Gene was breaking down the whole pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were oh, pissed at slow. that bill. <laughs> Those were the glory days, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, you know, the big fear with the guys like uh, uh, holding the belt, like you were saying with McIntyre and and Strowman, is once they go to live TV, Vince doesn't like it. Okay, put the belt back on Brock, and it's like you're back to school. Brock. And, and it's just banging yep. your head against the wall. They're yeah, just lacking so. those stars. Like Roman Reigns is out right now. He's not out, but he doesn't want to be around he, the situation of COVID. You know, I mean, he has leukemia this, twice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he has leukemia. Yeah, so I mean. Uh, I agree with this, with his uh, opinion, but they're lacking the stars. You know, the Brock Lesnar drew in money. You know, yep. Roman Reigns did. So right now you have AJ Styles. The Fiend. Smackdown. The Fiend. Yeah, wh- where's he been? What's he doing? Yeah. I think his wife had a baby. And... Yeah, they, yeah, they recently had a baby. Oh, okay. but so, so the main problem mm-hmm. I have with it is that they're, they've been holding on to the whole Brock Lesnar card for the last decade. They are not building new stars. Yeah. I mean, they got lucky because AJ Styles came in there with a following. Yeah. I mean, but they're not truly building mm-hmm. anybody. And when they do, they give up on them so quickly that ruins any image they have. Like Dean Ambrose, when he was there, like, they made him a champion. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, they made him champion and they gave up on him like within a month. And now he's dominating as John Moxley in AEW because they're actually giving him a chance to run with it. They, they overscript it. Mm-hmm. They they don't give him any uh, freedom of character other than the fiend, which has been great, and they're not building any new stars. Mm-hmm. And so, what's going to happen when exactly. Brock Lesnar decides to actually retire? You're not going to have Brock by that point. You're not going to have the Undertaker anymore. Stone Cold's not coming back. HBK's not coming back. I mean, you're going to have to try to beg John Cena to make these appearances for the next two uh, two decades, wrestling when he's in his fifties and sixties, like Ric Flair <laughs> and Hulk Hogan did. Yeah, and so yeah, they're not doing anything to Shorty build new G, stars. Yes. Shorty yeah. G, and, and and I think part of it is because I think Vince is making sure that everything's fine right now, because as we know with Vince McMahon, he's all about his image, and 
I would not put it past him to making sure that the WWE failed when he was gone. Yeah. He went, yeah. he, he, he would be down, probably downhill watch looking up uh, the way he's treated a lot of these people. But he's going to be looking up, watching what's going on, and laughing because he's going to leave them with a bear covered and they got to build a whole new roster. Because what they're doing right now is what killed WCW. They would not build any new stars other than Goldberg. Yeah. And and then Goldberg wouldn't put anybody over. So it's they're setting themselves up to be to be a failure within ten years because once Brock decides, you know what, I'm I have enough money, I'm good. What are they gonna do? CM Puck's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not right now. You can only get so much out of the Undertaker too. I mean, he's he's he can barely move. <laughs> Yeah, I mean his matches are terrible. I mean, all he is is an entrance, a ch- choke slam, a tombstone, and a three count. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That all surgeries going on. It's you know, like he, he can barely move. And oh man, one of the worst matches I saw with him was against Goldberg in a Saudi Arabia. I was, I was Arabia. getting ready to bring that up. I was getting ready to bring that up. I'm like, oh my! You put God. these two guys together, yeah. and come on. Terrible match. <laughs> he was frustrated at the end. You can tell. They, they, because it was a terrible match. That's actually going to be up on the episode tomorrow for the um, Undertaker documentary. That's going to be on that episode. Yeah, the last ride. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be bringing that one up. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Vince McMahon has like ten years of ideas stashed somewhere. So when he does die, like he would <laughs> want those ideas to be run, like by Triple H or Shane McMahon or Stephanie McMahon. So yeah, You're gonna freeze his brain or freeze his head for something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, like yeah, they'll, 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 he'll he'll probably be cremated, and they'll they'll play put him in the gorilla position every single episode. Still, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So. All right, guys. Um, so I'm sure we'll we'll jump into so. a little more of the wrestling talk in future episodes. I mean, we can. It's a treasure trove. We can talk about favorite storylines in the past, favorite wrestlers growing up, what you think they should be doing right now. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's. Right now, with a little bit of sports that we get, we may need to rely on WWE for a little bit and AEW. So, thank you guys for being essential workers. So, <laughs> so, so um, exactly. So, we with that, you. yeah, with that, um, do want to touch on uh, one topic real quick. Uh, PGA held their first uh, event um, since COVID nineteen broke out, and a gentleman by the name of Daniel Berger won the Charles Schwab Challenge. Now. I don't watch golf. I I have no idea who this guy is. Well, when you when your name's Daniel, you're a winner. So I can yeah, tell you so. that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then with uh, NASCAR is still in in process, so I can't really give the results in that one. So, um, with that, do you guys have anything else you want to toss in? No, I think that's it. I mean, we know a decision on baseball is coming up, so I'm sure it might be a talking about that next week um maybe some nfl news will be coming out i know a lot of people are a lot of teams uh, athletes on teams are going to be kneeling that's for sure baker mayfield oh, yeah. it's gonna be a, it's oh, gonna yeah. be you know it's it's they're all gonna be kneel so we'll have to wait and see yep see if that angers the potus <laughs> oh god yeah he's definitely not gonna be watching nfl this year yeah do you think he follows the redskins oh i'm sorry the washington uh <laughs> football team uh, probably his favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, and Peter Mack, you're welcome to join us again next week. We enjoyed having you with us. 
Uh, gentlemen, I will definitely be back next week. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed trying to espouse my opinion on certain sports I'm not very familiar with. I, I mean, I'm a sports fan, but I enjoyed it, and I look forward to talking more with you guys. All right. Awesome. So with that, everybody, that's our episode. Uh, number four is in the books. Um, you can follow us. I am at C.R. Drubert. Daniel, you are? At Daniel underscore Cabrera nine. All right. What about you, Peter Mac? Uh, Twitter handle is at Peter three thirty ninety nine. Yeah, you like one of those bots with all the numbers at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then like I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, if not, you can uh, hit us up on our at Box Kickers Pod Twitter account. Um, we will be uh, tweeting out stuff from all of our accounts there. Um, we'll give you any updates. Uh, uh, welcome to send us a tweet. Uh, send us a message if you have any questions. If there's anything you want to hear on the show, let us know. Um, but with that, we are out. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Peace. Peace out.